implementation of that plan, and I think there's commitment from Chair Vega Peterson. That was Erin Grayhead, current director of Multnomah County Animal Services. We want to thank her and Kelly and Amanda, the two veteran volunteers we spoke with earlier, for giving us their insights into what's going on at the Multnomah County Animal Shelter. By the way, you can hear a longer version of my interview with both Erin and Kelly and Amanda on Voices for the Animals, a program here on KBOO-FM. It'll air this coming Friday tomorrow at 10 a.m., at 90.7 FM. You can also stream it at KBOO.FM. For in-depth and KBOO News, I'd like to meet I'm a Michelle friend of ours who goes by the name of Killer Joe. Picture a so-called hippie or hip cat standing on a corner in a neatly pressed double-breasted form-fitting pinstripe suit, a pair of pointed-toed shoes with bold white stitches around the soles, a black shirt, long white tie, a black pencil mustache, and of course a very wide-brimmed black felt hat. Killer Joe always has a pocket full of loot, but only the kind that jingles. You see, he likes to play the horses. He is most certainly a ladies' man. As a matter of fact, he is always willing to accept cash contributions from them for any cause, namely his own. The most important thing about Killer Joe that you have to know is that he's very much against manual labor. Killer Joe. <laughs> and you are listening to KBOO Portland 90.7 FM. On the next all-new Voices for the Animals, it's part one of our coverage of the crisis at the Multnomah County Animal Shelter. We'll be speaking with two veteran volunteers who will tell us about their experiences and why they felt the need to speak out so strongly. We've got to see improvement. We've got to see changes. We've been trying to get people's attention about this for years, and I think people just never really understood what was going on out there. If you love animals and are especially concerned about the welfare of our community's pets, please join us for the next edition of Voices for the Animals, Friday, March 24th at 10 a.m., right here on 90.7 KBOO FM. You're listening to the final days of KBOO's All Thrills, No Frills, Volume 2, special programming. You can hear the unique content produced by KBOO creators throughout February and March at kboo.fm slash thrills. This Volume 2 special campaign ends on March 25th. Help us reach our goal of $17,000 by donating now. Go to kboo.fm slash give or text the word kboo to 44321. Thanks. The following program is a rebroadcast. Dates, times, and events mentioned in the following program have already occurred. Thank you for tuning into KBOO Portland. You are listening to a digital indigenous radio show. All across Turtle Island, turn up your radios and decolonize. This is Rose City Native Radio. Can you tell the Indian first thing? Hello, hello. You're listening to Rose City Native Radio. I'm your host, Jack Malstrom. We have music, poetry, and more coming up for you. And we have the Indigenous Power Hour Mix with DJ Gila River Monster coming up after the show at 7. So stay tuned, sit back, relax, and enjoy some Indigenous content. Starting off the show, we're going to go a little old school. This is Joanne Shenandoah with Please Sign Here. Rose City Native Radio. Free the eagle soared upon 
took to blaming somebody else. Major Reno, he told the tale. You know, he said, I really didn't like him well, cause he wouldn't wait. So he met his fate. No dogs, no Indians are allowed in here. No dogs or Indians gonna be allowed. We got the message. It was very clear. No dogs or Indians gonna be allowed in here. No dogs or Indians.
was No Dogs or Indians by Tony Garcia. And before that, please sign here by, excuse me, oh my goodness, by Joanne Shenandoah. Coming up next, this is, let's see, what do I want to play? We're going a little bit old school tonight, honestly. It's some of the older stuff that I've played before that I really like. Um, stuff your, you know, your uncle bumps in the war pony on his way to the powwow. So... <laughs> Uh, we have Tiger Tiger with Space Age Indian here on Rose City Native Radio.
That was Exit with War Cry, and before that, Tiger Tiger with Space Age Indian. It's now time for Native Poetry Corner. Today's Native Poet is William Giles with Captain America, here on Rose City Native Radio. Open letter to Marvel Comics. I've always been confused about your flagship character, Captain America. As one of those militarized nations in the history of the world, I don't understand how our mascot's primary weapon is a shield. I feel like he'd be more authentic if he walked around with a nuclear missile stuffed into his tidy whities or if he stalked around waterboarding terrorists with Diet Coke, or if he toted a bag of Big Macs to clog the arteries of his enemies. If the next Avengers movie is a prequel and we travel back to 1492, what they call Christopher Columbus Captain America, would his weapon be a, be a flag infected with smallpox, or if it was set in Hawaii 1778, would that American captain's name be Cook, his weapon, a ship full of cholera? When I see that shield, I'm reminded that one of every eight adult natives in Guam is a U.S. veteran, that American Samoa has the top army recruiting station in the country, that Polynesian Islanders have the highest casualty rates in our armed forces. We are dying to belong. And I'm beginning to understand the metaphor of Captain America's weapon. So show me how a man builds a human shield, fills a military with the children of nations he has slain. We in the United States spend over eight times as much of our budget on warfare than we do on education. And we wait as failing schools spit out kids' unserved weight until the opportunities we dreamed of seem farther away than the stars our people once used as maps. And we ask the question to the young, would you fire a gun to feed your sons? Would you die on a battlefield to build a house for your daughter? We in America decry warlords in Africa for enlisting 13-year-old soldiers while, while ROTC recruiters fish cadets out of our classroom sea. When the military... When the military grabs the land your family used to farm, sugar plantation becomes platoon. But when farmers till the earth with guns, the only crop is blood. When war is our only industry, the only crop is blood. In these territories, American Samoa, Guam, Puerto Rico, Samoa, Northern and Marianas Virgin Islands, the people are unable to cast a vote for the U.S. president who decides where and when we go to war. So they're a shield with a lip, but no mouth. No say what country it will be thrown into next. We are so much more than war's bone and blood fist, more than body made bullet trap. I will show you how a shield given no voice can still grow teeth, still teach itself how to speak. We, survivors turned soldiers, we once and always will be warriors. We, as Captain America, when, when your shield, our people, Decide our lives are worth more than the price of your citizenship. What will you hide behind then? That was William Giles with Captain America in our little section we call Native Poetry Corner. Uh, coming up next, this is Blackfire with Uprising here on Rose City Native Radio. Liminal silence is over. against their fear. They're trying not to become what they've endured. Wearing their souls on the thread. The moment of silence is over. Resistance. We still fight for our lives. 
against our fears Try not to become what we've endured Wearing our souls on the thread The moment of silence is over
That was Frozen Whitefish with Mani Alaska Me. And before that was Blackfire with Uprising. So now it's time for two Indians talking, but there's only one here. <laughs> Nick Yellowhorse isn't able to join us today. So it's me and you, listener, one-on-one. Um, in today's topic, I want to talk about women, femmes, indigenous matriarchs. I um, <clears throat> mostly about, well, there's a lot going on. Okay, so recently in the news, um, there has been talks about missing and murdered indigenous women because... It is obviously an epidemic, um, and, you know, unfortunately, recently, uh, another one um, has passed on. So, on, jeez, uh, it's been a minute, but, um, so, okay, <laughs> it's hard to, like, it's hard to, like, figure out how exactly I want to talk about this, because it's, you know, you don't want to get, well, I want to get worked up, but I just, you know, finding the right words for all of this off the cuff, um, doesn't come as easy as it used to, to be quite honest. So, looking at, um, you know, looking at what's happening now with everything, uh, I, I really wanted to talk about this. Um, so, on January 20th, the body of, uh, Selena Not Afraid was found, and, um, Right now, the Montana Division of Criminal Investigation and um, and Bighorn County Sheriff's Office are working together uh, to try and and investigate and and find new evidence in this case of this um, of the death of this very young person, um, this very young woman, and it's. So it's something that we've talked about on the show before because in Canada it, it definitely has a presence, right? So there was a lot of fighting to get a national inquiry into uh, the missing and murdered indigenous women in Canada. It's so prolific there, it happens so often there that there's an entire highway called the, the Highway of Tears. Um, and that is where so many native women go missing. Um, it's very well known for, for native women to go missing along that. Um, stretch of road and it took years and years and years for Canada to finally do an inquiry and you know results vary Uh, but you know there's been a saying of when an indigenous woman uh, goes missing um, two things she she goes missing twice so first her body disappears and then her story disappears and um it's a lot to think about, even in this time right now, as violence against people of color and um, femmes and uh, folks in the LGBTQ spectrum and all kinds of our relatives like that are uh, being targeted more and more. This has been an ongoing thing. There's um, the the multiple different laws and things like that. You know, have been added to try and add more protections. Now we can, you know. Uh, of the Violence Against Women Women Act. We we talked about this a couple weeks ago, um, where if non-natives came onto the res and committed a crime, the tribal police wouldn't be able to have jurisdiction and chase that person outside of the res. The second they left the res, they couldn't go after that person. And there was a lot of excuse me, a lot of assaults and other horrible crimes um, taking place by people who are going onto the res doing horrible things to our people and then leaving and never facing justice for what they've done and we are still working to get legislation and rights to protect our own people in that way um, so almost 6,000 indigenous women have been reported missing in 2016 only 116 of the 6,000 reported were logged into the justice department's missing persons database um, and that was from a report by the Urban Indian Health Institute. We're not priority. We're high up in the numbers of those who are missing, but at the same time, we're low on the status. We're low on priority status. 
with that. Um, so it's so the the current president has also uh, back in November signed a thing um, launching uh, operating operation even <laughs> operation Lady Justice, um, which is. Uh, an initiative to uh, to combat the epidemic of missing and murdered indigenous folks, uh, mostly femme women folks. Uh, but it's we'll see how it goes. I I am always kind of hesitant um, with stuff involving this because again, six thousand reported and only one hundred and sixteen into the Justice Department's missing persons database. So this is already how the government's been logging things. Um, so, you know, it's important to um, to have fam the voices of families, the voices of, you know, folks who are directly impacted by this. And the hope is to have those voices included. Right now, it seems like it's more folks from the you know Department of Justice and federal agencies. Um, but you know, that's the thing is that. You can create all these initiatives all day, but if you don't have the people who are actually being affected, then you will have no, you, it, it's, it's not going to be helpful. That seems, I mean, that's the thing that we, we uh, talk about here all the time, right? Is we don't need you to tell us what we need. We need you to listen to what we need. You need to sit down and listen to us because we are the ones being affected by this. DOJ, again, it's been the one logging 116 out of 60, you know, 6,000. Like these folks, when you're so detached from that, when you're, you don't have people on the ground and the people who are experiencing this, how are you supposed to help them? You wouldn't have an initiative without them. So why can't you include them in that and have, give them a say in how they need to be helped? That's the thing. And so I really hope that they're, they, that more activists that are currently and have been for a very long time talking about this issue are able to be integrated into this work we will see we will see a lot of the time too it's interesting seeing this trend um, so this happened uh, with Selena not afraid it was originally reported cause of death was exposure and they didn't rule any foul play but now that they're doing um, a bigger investigation into it uh, they're starting to maybe suspect foul play or looking for other causes of death aside from exposure. And it brings back memories of when Misty Upham, uh, famous native actress Misty Upham went missing and um, same thing of she died of exposure. She fell down a ravine on accident. And um, there's so many suspicious circumstances in the deaths of these people. Um, Exposure or an accident or this or that. Missy Upham, uh, they always turn to, well, that, you know, they were having depression issues, they were having suicidal thoughts, this and that as well, and trying to blame it on the person themselves who may be going through something. I mean, as Native people, it hurts to live. We are going through a lot. However, um, you know, at the same time, we are also targeted a lot. And Missy Upham, um, you know, was dealing with trying to get away from uh, um, the police and has already had you know bad experiences with that and that was a factor in it and it wasn't really looked at it was well this was some bizarre accident and that's the thing it's, it's interesting because I also kind of see a little bit of a parallel um, back in the day when um, you know uh, queer folks um, would be beaten up or murdered even and the police see that it involves gay people, queer people, and well, this is just a weird freak accident, or, you know, this is just kind of what they do. I don't really want to touch this, so uh, it was an accident, or they just don't look into it a lot of the time. Um, it's it's gross negligence because that's just how, how this system works sometimes, and it feels very similar at this point as well is that we are seen as expendable. Another factor in this is, you know, with the um, with the protests of the pipelines as well, pipelines bring man camps. It brings people who come into our tribal lands 
um, and have done horrible, horrible things. There's so many rates of violence and um, horrible things when uh, pipelines are being built across our um, homelands and the people that it brings and the abuse and the drugs and the alcohol and all kinds of things that many people have been speaking about. Um, the communities suffer for this extremely. And there's so many um, overlaying factors in all the different things that we have been fighting for and that continue to be weird accidents, weird um, circumstantial things, or, well, you know, they're crazy, they drink alcohol, they this, they that. A million different excuses to blame the person, to blame the victim, um, but never really looking at the root of the problem, which allows it to fester. Uh, in my weird <laughs> um, interest in uh, true crime as well, you see that with, um, you know, you see that with John Wayne Gacy. You see that with Jeffrey Dahmer. The police um, handed him back a victim. One of his vist victims escaped and went to the police, and they returned him to Jeffrey Dahmer. Said, "Sorry for the trouble." We know he's kind of, he's probably whacked out on drugs. I don't know what, what y'all do, but, uh, have a good day, sir. They handed him his victim back because this was, this is, oh, it's that icky gay stuff. I don't, I don't really want to touch that. We're not interested in, nope, this is not, none of our business. We see it in Canada as well. Canada has a history with their police of giving what they call starlight tours where live natives die of exposure. Because they take them in the car, they drive them out to the middle of nowhere and leave them. Suspicious death. Weird circumstances. So. It's, it's hard to see. It's hard to see. It's hard to see another one um, go missing. And, and hopefully in this event investigation, they'll find more. I hope that it doesn't just become another weird cold case. With this in initiative from the government, I hope something actually comes of this. But not to sound pessimistic, although maybe I am. You know, there's a lot of, there's a lack of tribal le leaders, tribal families and supporters on this task force. Sure, people with good intentions are trying to do something. But again, if you don't have the people that are directly involved and being and living in this then you're not doing what you set out to do you're not helping anything sometimes you could even make it worse you're there to help the people so have the people tell you what they need not the other way around because we've had that for 200 years and more we've had people tell us how to eat we've had people tell us how to live how to pray how to exist in this world. And we have seen what comes of that. Diabetes, alcoholism, domestic violence, homophobia, depression, intergenerational trauma, historical trauma, loss of culture, loss of language, loss of land. We've seen the effects of this on a grander scale and still are somehow unable to learn they say the road to hell is paved with good intentions. So I hope for their sake that they actually bring these families, these survivors, and tribal leaders into this. We have a right to speak on our own behalves. Part of being an ally, which I'm not a huge fan of that word, I'd prefer accomplices. But if you want to do right by people, who struggle a different way than you use your privilege to provide a platform for them we don't need you to speak for us we can speak ourselves we've been speaking for years years so with that being said um it's it's interesting it doesn't seem like there's a lot of decision making power um and it seems more like how a lot of these programs are set up where even when they do invite you, it's kind of in a token way and they expect you, it's, um, what's the word? 
there's a word for it, but it's tokenism in a sense of, well, we want to learn from you, right? We want to learn how to serve you better. So we're going to have you come over and you're going to tell us your traumas. You're going to tell us what happened to you. You're going to reopen those wounds and share your story and we'll nod and we'll look concerned and we'll take notes, but you won't ever be involved. We just want to hear you expose your wounds to us and we'll take notes and absorb it in our own way. But we don't want you to get involved or have a say in the future of you and those who are going through the same thing you did. Makes no sense. We should have a right in our own future. So again, I hope that this shifts somehow with the current administration. I'm not holding my breath, but hopefully, maybe, who knows, this thing got passed under this current administration, which is pretty surprising to be honest. But we need to make sure that there is coordination between the foreign government, the U.S. government, and tribal leaders and the people on the ground who are doing the work and have been continuing to do the work that the government wouldn't do for decades, centuries, whatever you want to call it. Listen to those people because they have the most experience. I don't know. That's just what I wanted to talk about today is, um, you know, missing and murdered indigenous women, girls, two-spirited folks like myself. I am part of that demographic where I am statistically very likely to go missing, be injured for who I am, for existing in this world, for how others may perceive me. I am in that category. Feels weird. Everybody's a statistic somehow. But it feels weird to see these numbers up there. Because they're getting higher and higher. Sounds like a downer. But I can't help but wonder, you know, I really hope I don't become the next one. But I don't know. It's gotten to the point now where I have other indigenous women and two-spirited folks sharing a thing on Facebook saying, if I went missing, if I go missing, if I'm found dead, please know it is no, you know, has nothing to do with my depression, whether or not I go out for a drink at night. People are starting to share this copy and pasted statement because they don't know either. We don't know who's next. We just lost a member of our community recently to a drunk driver. We lost them. And while it may not completely tie in, we still are losing our lives in so many ways. So many unnecessary ways that people are starting to share stuff like that. If I go missing, if I disappear, because I fall in this category where the numbers are climbing higher and higher, and statistically it maybe is only a matter of time before I join them. So just in case, just in case, it's not because I struggle. It's not because I have a drink every now and again. Having to justify yourself, having to defend yourself before you go missing. That's where we're at right now. That's the feeling we have right now. It's, it's scary. It's really scary. So hug your, lo your loved ones tight tonight. Really look around and see who you know that falls into that category. Ask them what they need, what you can do for them. Keep an eye out for each other. It's important. That's my little rant. Sorry, it's a little depressing, but such is the times, I suppose. Anyways, with that being said, I love you, community. I'm always here for you when I can. And if I go missing, it's not because of my depression or because I go out for a drink. Coming up next, we have, uh, we have a lot here. <laughs> we have so much. Here is Wolf Saga Stolen on Rose City Native Radio.
Seating program was produced at KBU Community Radio in Portland, Oregon. More audio can be found online at kboo.fm.
listening to KBOO Portland on 90.7 FM, K282BH Philomath on 104.3 FM, and K220HR Hood River on 91.9 FM. These are the final days of KBOO.